Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, go on, you were going to say about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Oh, yeah, nothing. I was just watching the reaction to that from some guy. Nice. Um, so, yeah, so, okay, so what what should we talk about in today's podcast, then? I, I'm open to anything, to be honest. Do you have anything in mind, or...? Um, I was thinking maybe we could, because I, I had a thought, and then I forgot about it, so I, I guess mm-hmm. we could always come back to the idea thing again sure what what idea so i have an idea um and the idea is you have you been like what what sort of destinations have you been to when you've like traveled and stuff um so i'd say mainly european ones so like spain italy portugal kind of thing um <clears throat> I haven't been to the States or any of of the Americas, actually. It's where I want to go soon. Uh, But yeah, I'd say predominantly Europe-based travel. Okay. And have you ever, like, visited the gift shops and gotten any of, like, you know, the souvenirs when you... so that you could remember your time there? Uh, Sometimes. I I feel like I've done that more um, on trips. I feel like on school, school trips, to be honest, I've done that more often because... You know, you always need to bring something back, and that's that's the most convenient one. But other than yeah. that, I would say not too much. Um, prefer sort of going out and like getting stuff rather than just from from some gift shops that you know where they probably all manufacture it in the same places. So it's sold yeah. on Amazon all, anyway. All made in China. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So no, same. So, I I um I would whenever we would go everywhere anywhere, I'd always like to bring something back. But mm. I, I wouldn't like to just bring anything back, you know. I hate those sorts of, yeah. You know, it has to be meaningful. Like, yeah, like oh, I like you know. Have you ever seen those T-shirts? Like, let's say you're in Barcelona, you'll just have one of those plain white T-shirts with the I love with the the heart. Oh, so many of them. Yeah, I, the thing is though. I, I see so many of them wearing it in like you know that country, but I feel like you just can't wear it after that, like. It's a bit ironic wearing that in London, isn't it, you know? Exactly. And also it's like, what's so special about that? That's not Mm. made in Barcelona. Yeah, very true. That's not like, or whatever country you're in, that's not like, you know, really saying much about the place. How are you going to really truly, you know, cherish and remember that place? Yeah. Another thing is like, um, you know, fridge magnets and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you always get... Fridge magnets, wherever, like, whatever destination you go to, you'll always get a fridge magnet mm. or whatever place you're at. So, let's say you go to the Niagara Falls, you just get a fridge a fridge magnet of the Niagara Falls. And for me, one thing that I've always really liked is sort of when you have, like, interactive models or something like mm-hmm. that. So... Um, I don't know if you've ever seen, it's Christmas time right now, uh, for yeah. anyone listening. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen those sorts of Christmas scene villages where like, you've got like, uh, a small model of like a Christmas village and then there's like a train on tracks or something like that. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen that? Uh, so I think I've seen them around. Yeah. So like. I I think that's quite nice. It's a nice idea because you've got like 
you know, the model, which is, you know, Christmassy and stuff. And then I think the extra part of a moving object in there helps to animate the scene a bit better and, and make it a bit more, you know, a bit more of a snapshot of where you are. And yeah, it's it's something a bit more dynamic. It's not just like static in that way. I, I agree. Yeah. So th- that's where I wanted to really go with this idea. And it's one that I've had when I was on holiday in, in some of these places and I've looked for, you know, something special in the gift shops. And, and there's just nothing that's really truly capturing one of the sites mm. that's there. For example, um, any sort of special found like waterfall or something like you've been at, you know, how mm. do you capture a small essence of that waterfall? So yeah. the idea I wanted to discuss is what if there was a business that would effectively make like, you know, gift shop souvenirs and stuff only sell certain souvenirs at certain destinations so whichever destination you're at, mm. um, you'll you'll have a souvenir for that particular destination. But in general, the business is basically like a, a chain. It's like working all across the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, the, the gift idea basically is like a sculptor or a model of whatever place you're at, but with an added motorized or water pump or, or sort of, you know, light up element to basically help animate and make that place a bit more interactive. So essentially, so you want know. to bring something a bit more to life. It's it's kind of like the equivalent of a of a video instead of a photo in that way. You could say exactly. It's, exactly. It's dynamic. I, I I I yeah. There's something that could have legs. Like where, what what yeah. would you say? So waterfall one is is quite straightforward. Um, as you mentioned, you know you could have a water pump. You could have that. Um, as like yeah, you just have a mini yeah. waterfall. Yeah. Of, so what would you like... do for for other places? Like say, let's let's consider like the pyramids of Egypt, for example, or, or mm-hmm. some other places where it may not be as obvious to animate. So what what would you uh, consider or have in mind for that? That's an interesting question um, because I haven't really thought of the pyramids actually before. Um, so I don't know. Let's dis- let's discuss it. What what could what part of animation could we add to the pyramids? I, I actually just right now just thought of something that could be perfect for the pyramids. So yeah. why why not just have like um, a, uh, basically like a pulley going up the pyramids as if it's being constructed? A what going up the pyramid? Like a pulley with the, um, you know, like the building material, the rocks and like the, the people sort of working on it. Ah, uh, okay. So bringing you back into the past when the pyramid was maybe being made. When Correct. It was being when, because that would be dynamic in that sense that, um, you know, like as it is the pyramids right now are something which is like a static object. So in some ways it would be, as you said, going back to the past, almost as if when it was being constructed. Uh, I think you can get quite creative with that as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a good idea. And but also, um, is there any way that we could add like a present version of the pyramids? I haven't actually been to the pyramids, um, so I I don't know how it looks and all. Me but... neither. I'm I'm basing this off uh, <laughs> TV shows, and of course, of course, it was a favorite topic to cover in school. So I, I'm sure yeah. that was something that was covered. But 
but what what would you sort of add from the present that's dynamic in that sense? Because because I feel like they're quite static now, wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I'd I'd agree. I'm I'm just gonna look up to see what wh whether we can get any inspiration. I mean, I suppose yeah. you could potentially um, have like a camel moving in front of the pyramids, maybe. Because I just mm -hmm. saw an image with a pyramid and, and there's like a camel. So you could have like a little model of a camel, you know, on a little, um, you know, those sorts of tracks that you get underneath. And that's basically yeah. just circling around the pyramid, maybe. That could be a a sort of idea that's mm -hmm. a bit more relevant to, to what we have currently. Yeah. Um, let, let's see what else we have for... Uh, let's look at the wonders of the world, actually. Um, see what inspiration we can get from them. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> okay, so f first up, we have the Great Wall of China. So, Ooh, I mean, that's uh, quite difficult to, to consider, to, to, like, as an animation. That is, and also, how do you make, you know, obviously you're not going to have the whole wall, are you? How would you make just a snapshot of the wall stick out and and when you see it you're like oh that's china for sure so take, take a picture can... from space isn't it <laughs> isn't it a long static theory that you could see the wall of Ch uh the great wall of china from space just uh yeah yeah just just I have a, a model of earth with an over exaggerated wall so you know <laughs> you know what it's referring to okay I no, would but, think but I think that, that is quite difficult to animate in that sense because yeah. as you mentioned it's you know um it, it, it's something which which is quite on a big scale and yeah. kind of hard to demonstrate. Yeah. All right, we'll come back to that then. Um so, Right, I don't know how to pronounce this, but it's basically you know the famous like Aztec pyramid in Mexico. Uh, it's the one uh, in Forza Horizon 5, <laughs> if you remember. Yes, yes. Um, so, again, never been there, so I wouldn't really know what to do, to be honest. But I suppose, you know, if if maybe there's some tribal people there or something, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to come back to that as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's difficult because because generally these objects that people go and see uh, actually yeah. the reason why they are long standing is because they're static uh you know yeah. unless we're talking about natural wonders of the world which which I think would lend themselves more towards being animated because they're more dynamic in nature like the Niagara Falls mm -hmm. true if you look at something like the Taj Mahal however mm -hmm. i suppose you could have something like you have a little model of the Taj Mahal and then you have um little water fountains in front of it that are actually you know working mm -hmm. water fountains you could have yeah. something like that maybe mm -hmm. um so that could work um anywhere you know i was I thinking be... you know yeah. what i was thinking if you have a volcano that would be perfect to do because you could turn that into yes. one of those um air diffusers and if you've been to muji or uh one of those shops where they have those those air diffusers with the smoke coming out i've seen them they're really cool. That would um, lend themselves perfectly to, um, yeah, that lends themselves perfectly because you can even have LEDs for like the the lava, and you could even, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you could you could have the smoke coming out as if it was an actual volcano, and it would 
it's perfect. It's like a double-edged, double-purpose thing where you can even have the desired fragrance you want in your in your house as well. Or you could go for a smoky volcano flavor as well if if that's what you want in your house. Yep. No, I I a hundred. I hundred percent agree. You could have um, what's it called, the Mist Makers. Have you seen those? Yes, that's like it. That's that's, that's the name. Yeah, they're cool. Um, yeah, you could definitely have that. So okay, I think so natural that's... natural elements tend themselves more towards being dynamic because of the nature of nature. You could say um, mm. it might be a bit easier to to achieve that. I suppose as well. You already kind of have a lot of souvenirs for the static stuff anyway don't you like mm. for example eiffel tower you already have like yep. leaning tower of pizza models. as well yeah leaning tower of pizza you have models of that you have models of the coliseum you have models of taj mahal already you have although coliseum would be pretty cool if you could have like gladiators and stuff in it, it the, the oh. only thing is it may be a bit too like robotic because it obviously the sequence would have to repeat but as a dynamic thing uh, that, like imagine you ha if you have like a gladiator uh like yeah. you have it on rails and you have it with like the red cloth like that comes out the bull charges towards it and then the gladiator like runs away as like a sequence that'd work i mean it, it would be a bit expensive right but you could also potentially add in um a tft display mm -hmm. have that basically acting like a hologram so like you Ooh. could have the coliseum in like a, a sort of glass box or something and then have a screen hidden away somewhere projecting onto some part of the box basically and it makes it look like you know a hologram basically you know what i mean hmm. yeah um you could try something like that and that would be really cool imagine being able to see the coliseum from like a third eye a uh, bird's eye view and looking in and seeing like those gladiators fighting that would be pretty cool. I think you can get um, small, quite cheap screens nowadays as well with um, mm -hmm. very small boards. I think, uh, what's it called? The PC Go or something costs about 10 quid. And that has okay. the the boards as well, the, the addressable boards, which, mm -hmm. you know, you can just add a little gif on there of the gladiators fighting gif or gif sorry i have to interrupt you there it's definitely gif by the way i think it's gif nah the the creators got it wrong you know i i strongly feel it's it's gif the creators I, I digress right. creators are always right <laughs> um go that to the creator of uh pop-ups because he disagrees with that you know big big what, is, big what does he call it pop-ups no, no, just the idea of making the pop-ups. He likes. He says it was a big mistake to do that. Oh. <laughs> the idea of pop-ups is funny. Wait. So he made all his money, and he's like, "Ah, but I don't want to have to deal with pop-ups." So. Basically, yeah, that that's literally it. I, I reckon any time he's he's on one of those websites, he's he's you know one risky click away from uh, exposing a social security number and whatnot. So he's like, "Yeah, I've made a big mistake here." Chokes. I can't believe that that's actually jokes okay uh, but i digress so um regarding the the gear for gif whichever way you pronounce it um could be played yeah because it's just a couple of megabytes so uh, any small board could handle that and mm -hmm. yeah i think if you like you don't need like maybe you wouldn't even need glass actually you just use acrylic 
And, you know, it would probably, the whole thing would probably go for about 50, 60 quid. But if it's something that really looks like it's unique and looks like it's, you know, made of quality, mm-hmm. you know, it could potentially sell. Um, Indeed, yes. Because I think people are also realizing that instead of just buying things, you, you want to buy things that are of nice quality, uh, that are, uh, you know, that are that are worth it in, in some sense. So yeah, like it's... even... Even if it's, you know, not, if it's not made of glass, right? Even if it's acrylic, like the, the whole fact is that it's like one of a kind in a way, because you don't mm-hmm. ever get like a yeah. model of a Coliseum with a screen attached into it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like, and this is another thing actually I was, I was thinking about, because I watched this, um, this Norwegian artist basically. Mm-hmm. And she kind of integrates quite a bit of electronics into her project. So she makes like small 3D models and mm-hmm. she adds sort of, um, she adds LEDs and stuff like that. But one of the more impressive things I saw is that she, she added this little, uh, this little acrylic, uh, clear piece of acrylic basically mm-hmm. and had uh, a screen reflecting onto that. So basically, there was this this practical scene, right, of mm-hmm. a library, and there yeah. are these two ballasts which are supposed to have fire on them, and so the ballasts they have like a light coming out of them, but to enhance that even more, she put some pieces of acrylic on, and has the screen with like actual animations of fire projecting onto that, so that it immerses you. So it's it looks like a real fire, and you still have the whole you know three D model in real life. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing I wanted to discuss. Actually, is making more art with electronics, integrating more electronics and and you know technology into art. How can we enhance? You know, definitely. I I think there's huge untapped potential in that, as you say, like a lot of. You know, the, the, the way that we naturally appreciate art is more towards the traditional sense, you know, uh, how well is it crafted? How well is it, um, you know, the artist's vision, which are important. But I think, as you mentioned, the electronics age, it's something with great potential as well to, to further expand. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about like, because I, I saw this one artist and he was paid, uh, I don't know, a fortune um, mm-hmm. to basically do some 3D projection mapping onto this building. Mm-hmm. Um, the 3D projection mapping, of course, it's a, a standard thing nowadays, but what he was doing was basically he used machine learning to make this art, basically using uh, generated adversarial networks to mm-hmm. make random pieces of art and being like, oh, this is AI-created art, and That's he's it. being paid a fortune to just do this. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, but there's, uh, I, I mean, I love Gans. You know how much I love Generative Adversary. He does love his Gans, that's true. Again, um, for our users out there, um, me and my friend, we're in the technology sectors um, where we work, and um, we, we're both in love with sort of machine learning and AI. So one of the things I did when I was in university was I researched um, a neural network model called Gans which is basically a way that AI learns how to do something. And then on the basis of what it's learned, it generates something of its own. So it's called generative models. Um, So like 
you show um, an AI model um, a bunch of paintings and you say, okay, make this for me now. So uh, the technology then ended up spanning into stuff like deep fakes as well. So a lot of that uses um, what was the original technology for Gans. So um, anyway, getting back onto the topic of this artist, he basically used machine learning to, to do this. And the thing is, while I appreciate the sentiment, it's just not where I feel that the art should truly be going. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, this guy is being paid a fortune, and it's that is cheap, what he has just done. All he's done is selected some pieces of data and mm-hmm. has it, you know, just running like a GAN. That's not adding much value of your own to the mm. actual thing. To be paid a fortune for that, uh, to me, kind of seems ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but... For what I'm saying, where you should add technology, is um, stuff like sculptures, you know. Bring sculptures to life, you know. You've got, we've got um, a lot of OLED technology nowadays, right? Where you're basically able to have um, these screens which are effectively flexible and they're able to, you know, wrap around a lot of different things. So... Imagine a sculpture which basically has an OLED screen wrapped around it. How interactive and cool would that be? That would be very cool, and it would be very fitting with current uh, technology as well. Exactly. I mean, obviously, OLEDs, they're not really at that stage yet where they're, you know, completely Commercially refined. viable, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to get much. I mean, that's another thing, right? Even if it's not commercially viable... I mean, it would be an art piece, right? So you right, it, right. It wouldn't really matter too much about how you can mass True. produce it. That being said, it, yeah, it would be hard for an artist who especially doesn't have any background in technology to get that. But maybe they would, you know, need to collaborate with some uh, engineers or something like that. That being said, or, um, or I also think that why why can engineers not become artists? You know, flip it around. Yeah, I mean. If someone, for example, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. I, I personally, like, I love art and I would love to make art, but the thing is I'm I'm just not good at it, you know? <laughs> so that's why I've I've stuck to engineering for now. Although, you know, I, yeah, I would love to be an artist. Um, but yeah, if you have someone with the, the talent for both, that would definitely be uh, a nice sort of idea. Um, another thing is, um, you know, Disney, they, they're kind of doing what I was talking about with melding technology and art in a way, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, they, they have these things called Imagineers. Have you heard of them? Yes. Yes. Uh, I've heard of them from you. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, you really want to become one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For anyone listening out there, I, I, um... I go on about Imagineers quite a bit, actually. Uh, you may hear some yeah, of our episodes as well. I mean, if you've spoken to him for for, for like a, an hour or so, I reckon it will come up. You know, at least at least a couple of times. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so basically, what a lot of what they do is is what I'm saying. So they're they're trying to apply technology into art. Um, so 
one of the kind of cool things they did is uh, they they make animatronics, as you know, right, for their rides. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of their their newer implementations of uh, a new technology with their animatronics was in one of their Frozen rides. Um, uh, so what they did basically was their, their you know you know Frozen. There's like the the Elsa character and Anna, and there's the 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 snowman. I don't know if you've seen Frozen. I, I have never actually seen it. I have gone out of my way to avoid seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea, to be honest. It's uh, yeah, it's it's not great. It, I mean, like, <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was kind of nice at first, but after hearing it over and over and over again, like the fucking "Let It Go" song as well. God, that that pissed me off. Yeah, I, I've tried to avoid the song, but the, the song is just something that you couldn't avoid at all. Yeah, you, you can't avoid it, can you? It literally, I remember back in 2015, 2016, any shop you would go into, it would be playing. Yes. Constantly. And at Christmas time, oh, even more so. Oh, they, yeah, they love that because it's all the snow and ice stuff. So, you know, yeah, it's themed yeah. It's themed for Frozen and all of that bullshit, basically. Um Oh man, you're so glad that you never saw the second movie. It was even even worse than the first one. Why, why did I mean, you? Why did, Why would you watch the second if you didn't like the first? Uh, I mean, I was invested. You know, I mean, <laughs> I I mean, I thought the first was decent, right? Like, I I didn't hate the first. It was just that you know, it it got so o- over talked about and over you know I, used yeah. everywhere. Like the IP was used literally everywhere. Mm. That I just got so tired of it that I started hating it. Even though my initial impression of it was, "Oh, this is a nice movie." Mm. So uh, it, it became a cash cow in that sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the second movie was terrible. Anyway, so there, there's basically this snowman and these two characters, and you know, it's an animation. So. You, you when you have these animatronics, how can you make them look like these sort of soft animations, right? Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. it's not going to look realistic. Um, so, so what the engineers at Disney or whatever outsourced company they use at Disney now, because um, I don't think they do too much imagineering at home in house uh, anymore. They've outsourced a lot of it. Um, but anyway, so for that ride, basically, there is. The, the the Elsa character and the Anna character and what they've done is they've made the, the lower halves so the whole body is basically just an animatronic right your standard animatronic it moves its hands and and all of that stuff you know like a standard animatronic mm-hmm. but what they've done with the face basically is they've actually added in 3D projection mapping into that okay so they they have like a sort of a clear matte um, finish basically uh you know like a sphere basically mm-hmm. and so that it's basically merging the the projection mapping and the 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 robotics within the animatronics mm-hmm. and i thought that's a really nice and creative way to go about it basically mm. because you're you're basically combining these two technologies right and it is in a way a work of art very true that's that's very good way of uh phrasing it yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah in general i feel like if more 
um, artists or, or whatever were to implement methods that Disney is able to, maybe, you know, have artists come together, um, work collaborative, collaboratively um, on stuff like this, we, we could start to see a bit newer types of arts because a lot of what I'm seeing right now is just like, you know, I've, I've seen it all before. Mm. That being said, you know, I'm not an art connoisseur, so I wouldn't know. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, if we get back onto the, the, the topic that we were originally talking about with um, these gift shop ideas, should we look okay. at some other stuff? Um, so oh. I was just looking at, you know, the Arc de Triomphe? Yes. So that would be a nice area where you could basically animate it because it's it's basically like a big roundabout. It has a lot of cars going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and around it and, and stuff. Actually, I don't know if cars go through it, but they go around it quite a bit. So, around it, yes, yes. Yeah, so so you could maybe add, like, you know, some motorized element there, basically, to have these mini cars basically going around the Arc de Triomphe, and that could be a nice little animated thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So... I also think, um, I think it was the Arc de Triomphe, right? Where they had the light shows and stuff. I think that there's also possibilities to have, imagine if you have like uh, mini like LED projectors that sort of are motorized so they can move about and like light up similar to how it's done in real life. Um, which may be nice to have a small like, like kind of like an art show or something. Um, uh, not an art show, like a lighting show rather on one of those. In the gift, on the souvenir, right? Not yes, in yes. So, no, so how they, have the, they have the light show in real life. Um, okay. And basically replicating that um, would be a good idea, I think. Light show. Hmm. So, oh, okay. So they they have stuff that projects onto there, basically. Yes. So if you get those oh. mini LEDs, almost like projectors, and you have motors on them so they can move about um and project the different areas i think that that would be quite cool to have so so what do you mean so you you move you have leds pointing at the arc de triomphe and then they're yes and they are motorized and they can move about as well ah okay okay yeah Okay, so that kind of replicates the whole projection mapping thing. Exactly. Like how it is in real life. Like there there would be ways to achieve it on a smaller scale that would be more feasible. But I think this is a more real life and like accurate representation um, of of doing it. You could also have one of those things, right, where like, um, do you remember you used to get those sort of fridge magnets where if you looked at them from one angle, it would be one image. And then if you look at it from the other angle, it would be a different image. Do you remember yes, those? Yes, yes. You could potentially even, you know, I I don't know how exactly that. I think they use polarizing filters or something, right? Um, uh, I'm not too sure either, but yeah, I think they they must be, yeah. But if okay, but if they use some sort of, I don't I don't know what they use. I I think it's polarized uh, polarization. But if they if they do something like that, if there was some way of implementing that onto the actual structure, onto the actual like, you know, model of the Arc de Triomphe, you could also potentially have it so that when the light moves on it in different ways, it shows different types of patterns as well. So mm. it could be it could be even closer to the three D mapping in that respect. 
you know? Interesting. Yeah. So, like, just as a simple example, uh, you could have it with red dots when the light is shining on it from one side and then from the other side it's shining... Uh, when it shines, it's like blue stripes or something like that, you know? Um, mm -hmm. uh, so that's a potential idea. Okay, so we've we've got the Arc de Triomphe done then. What else is there? Hmm. Uh, let's look at different countries. Um, let's go outside of Europe. We wouldn't need to worry about Disney because they've got their own thing going. Their souvenirs are usually pretty good. <laughs> Um, I think the goal is to get acquired by Disney, as it is with a lot of companies. Yeah, or have them basically outsourcing their gift shops stuff to us. That's even more lucrative. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Japan. What is there in Japan that we could do? Hmm. It's a good There's a, they, they have their um, bullet trains. Um... So it'll be Scalectrics, but with trains. <laughs> What's that? It'll be like Scalectrics, but with trains instead. That's what it'll be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they have the Tokyo Tower, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, oh, you know what? Um... Because uh, I was thinking about Tokyo, and I thought how like a lot of their streets have quite a lot of LED displays and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you could have um, like Times Square. That's like a big part of New York, right? Mm -hmm. But you never get any sort of models or any sort of you know souvenir that really reminds you of Times Square. Yes, um, because a lot of it's just like Statue of Liberty and that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. But like, I feel like Times Square is just such an important part of New York. It's such a key part. Mm -hmm. so imagine yeah. if you were able to take a part of that home um, by either implementing some form of like, you know, a bunch of different TFD displays, you know, having a small model of it with TFD mm -hmm. displays. Or to make it cheaper, you could just have like LED backlit, um, uh, you know, what's it called? Printed pieces, basically, of adverts. Um, yeah. And I don't know, maybe you could, again, put some sort of polarization filter so that when you look at it from a different perspective, it looks different. Or when, you, uh, when your lights basically change, or, or if they move around... It would look a bit different. That's a neat idea that you could try there. Interesting. Um, yeah. So okay, so we've got a couple of ideas of what we would do. Now we have to think of how would we implement it, right? So it would be a big scale task to be honest, because you'd have a, a ton of different um a ton of different tourist attractions, right? And then for each tourist attraction, you need to make a certain type of product. And so you're going to have quite a bit of manufacturing cost there. You're going to have quite a bit of issues with, you know, segregating between that. How do you think we could deal with The nature of these is, is that they are meant to be uh, more standalone pieces rather than, say, something which is mass produced. So that could okay. also help in terms of... Um, 
pricing or whatever. Like that would be a huge advantage. You think they should be more like art pieces? I wouldn't quite say art pieces, but more so uh, like unique souvenirs because because you know everyone buys Eiffel Towers, everyone buys Leaning Tower pieces, but. No, no, it's not going to be mass produced to that extent where everyone has one of these. No, not everyone. But the thing is, you have to get it cheap enough to the point where if someone was to go out of their way and try and get someone, you know, to, to make it for them, it would be cheaper than having someone else make it for you if, you, if you get what I mean. Like, if you were to go and say, make this one-off prototype to me for me, and the one-off prototype would, let's say, cost £2,000. Mm-hmm. You don't want to make it £3,000 because then, you know, why would they pay £3,000 for something you've got here when they could, you know, pay £2,000 for someone else to go and make it? So Absolutely, I'd yeah. say it would still need to be reasonably accessible and reasonably, you know, mass-produced. Like, it wouldn't mm-hmm. have to be... Let's say, for example, Arc de Triomphe in, in Paris, right? It wouldn't have to be at every gift shop in Paris. Yeah. But you at least need a decent amount where each one could be still bought at a reasonable price by... I you know, see. Yeah. So that's, that's a difficult part because if it gets to that level, uh, like it is with actual Arc de Triomphe and Eiffel uh, Towers and Leaning Tower pieces you can buy, it'll be a mm. case where you, you have multiple people that see that nice slice of the market and will come in so keeping it sort of limit not limited but less less than say mass market would help with that exclusivity which is in some ways what this um um what this what this product is meant to offer right now over existing solutions you could argue oh okay so you're saying that to start off with you make it a bit more exclusive a bit more upmarket And then later yeah. on, you can potentially mass market. Yeah, I mean, later on, when when inevitably people will enter the market as well, that's when you you sort of go with that approach. Yes. Mm. You know what another idea would be? Mm-hmm. Um, is if there was a way that you could just basically have your designs, and then license them out to manufacturers near to wherever the 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 product you're trying to sell is so for example if it's in france that you're trying to sell this arc de triomphe you license out your product to a manufacturer in in france tell them hey make this for me and you can keep this much money we'll keep this much so rather than it being much of a okay we we design this and then we put it into manufacturing and then we you know put it to your shots instead it could just be a design company a gift a, a gift design company you know so with this uh, who, who would be the one that's licensing this out in this case so we're basically selling the design mm-hmm. in a way the blueprint to, sort of yeah so we're like actually no you know what scrap that because the thing is that in a way cheapens the amount of work that we've potentially done right i would think so yes it's because that would sell for peanuts uh you know 
Yeah, That's I mean, I was the, who's the one the, selling this? Like, I, I thought you were going along the tangent of other people um, online, basically, like, similar to how NFTs are done. Other people will sell their designs, and someone else gets the blueprint to to actually make it into something real. Yeah, yeah, and then that cheapens your product, doesn't it? The, the yes. blueprint. I mean, the the other issue because the thing is, you know, making the design is pretty easy relative to the actual execution manufacturing and yes so no you know what we'll put in the hard work we'll make the manufacturing <laughs> okay so in I, that I case mean, at the end of the day it, it's about drive it's about power you know yeah it, okay so what if um we make it a highly automated process then right almost almost 100% automated if we can. In that case, if it's automated manufacturing, you have the flexibility to make it so that, let's say you, one day you have to ship out um, 10,000 units to France for Arc de Triomphe, and then you're like, okay, so the next day I have to ship out 10,000 units for Times Square in New mm -hmm. York. So then... You can say, okay, so Monday, I'm going to do France. Tuesday, New York. Wednesday, this. Thursday, this. Blah, blah, blah. You know? So you mm -hmm. could potentially be looking at five big-time tourist attractions and have your automation on the five days of the week and having your machines basically doing it for, for each one of them. Then, in that case, comes the difficulty of, okay, how do you make your machines flexible enough to make all of these different things you know very true i think uh, the the time it takes to swap out and uh, um you know sort of switch between them is but i think perhaps some some in some instances it could be based on seasonality as well um certain seasons are going to be uh you know higher demand in certain places than others um could you could you go into that in a bit more detail? So uh, generally, holiday seasons basically the the peak uh, in in the northern hemisphere. So so for example, when there is great demand in say Australia, there won't be as great demand in Paris. Okay. Yeah. But so I think that could perhaps play into the favor where you we wouldn't need to always produce at an equal rate. You could sort of um you know use that to your advantage but would we be using the same machinery to make those products because the issue here I, is i think that would depend on the the type of products that we're selling i think that's not a clear cut you know that's not a clear cut case so we we could be using some some machinery some machinery for some or or even none you know it's it's yeah in that sense it's quite vague could say so what i think right is you could basically make a bog standard fit for all of this where okay all of these products are going to be made with a certain type of plastic so you use the same plastic for all of the products but you need um different molds for each bit mm -hmm. okay so you need a machine which is able to create molds automatically um 
you know, maybe take about two, three hours to make it. And then it's able to feed those molds as per your request. So, okay, today's New York. Okay, feed in the New York mold. Feed in this mold, you know, something like that. So, like, it could be basically a 3D printer that makes the mold. And then that mold is basically, you know, given to the the machine that makes all the, you know, plastic bits and bobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you would potentially need a machine that can either put in motorized or water pump elements mm-hmm. into wherever it's specified. So I suppose actually the automation wouldn't be too hard if you're able to design it in smart ways. So you need like you need like basically a skeleton for all of the gift products where mm-hmm. all of them would have this base level of I don't know bits and bobs basically. So wherever the electronics would go, that would be a bog standard place. And then how they're implemented it's slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um but again, that could sort of remove the whole idea of it being a bit more of an art piece. So I think well, I think the the idea is so that it's blurred line between the two. Was it not? Mm. So it's like little art pieces which you can take home, basically. Yes, um, that are animated. Yeah, and that, in that any bougie, case, that bougie people can take home. Yeah, we'll put some Swarovski crystals on there. We'll sell like fucking hotcakes. Exactly. Do you know the amount that? Do you know the amount that people are willing to pay for fucking Swarovski crystals and shit? Yeah, they're not even diamonds. The you know. Exactly. Exactly. It's mental. Like again, taking the example of Disney, they have like a model of um, the Disney Cinderella castle, mm-hmm. um, and it's basically you know a Swarovski crystal version of it. And I think it goes for about £100,000 or something like that. Ooh. Something crazy. Um, let me actually get it up. Borovsky mm-hmm. Cinderella Castle. Yeah, here it is. Uh, how much is it? Oh, okay, so not 100000 it's about thirty-seven thousand pounds. Oh, that's still a lot for for what you're yeah. getting. Exactly. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh no, forty thousand. <laughs> is it being auctioned off? I don't know. Is yeah, it... yeah, I was about to say it's changing faster than Bitcoin is. <laughs> Prices. Um. Oh, okay. So I don't know about Cinderella. But there's a tiny little little mermaid version from Swarovski. That's twelve thousand pounds. Wow. I I have actually seen some of these so in the Swarovski Museum, which is a disappointment. I, I honestly did not. You've really been to enjoy a Swarovski it. Museum? Yes, this was in, I believe, Germany. Um Wow. Is that where they're from? About, uh I have no idea absolutely no idea but we we went because it was a nice attraction some of the you know it looked great from the outside let's just say it was a bit of a modern art so it's you know um, if you're into that kind of thing that's good but for me it was just some weird randomly placed objects 
so <laughs> it wasn't particularly interesting. And the gift shop where where they had, uh, I think there was a Swarovski Iron Man as well. Um, which wow. to be fair looked cool. The the Iron Man helmet, but as you mentioned, the prices. Do you, do you remember what the price of that was? Oh, that's a long time ago. I'm not not too sure on that. Wow, that's mental. Speaking I'm of sure that, it I'm... must have been similar price, you know. I mean, easily, if that little Little Mermaid thing was like 12k, I can imagine the Iron Man one would be at least 20, 25k, something like that. It's mm, gotta be. Would be surprised, so yes. Mental. It would be cool at least if they added like little LEDs in there as well. <laughs> I don't know that, if that would. That make would it... be pretty cool because that would illuminate the the crystals actually even better because they they do well in light. So red would probably be a perfect color. Actually, speaking of that, I was thinking, um, have you you know like how there's all these wedding rings and stuff, right? That are like mm -hmm. you know twelve, twenty, thirty k. Um. Imagine like a wedding ring with like a little mini LED thing in there. Um, that would be kind of cool, right? It would be, but I guess I suppose the the issue would be how you power it. Uh, in so yeah, in terms of electricity. That's true. Maybe you could use some sort of watch thing or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, getting back to the whole idea of this gift shop thing i could definitely see potential in there it would be very difficult to implement and you know you'd need a lot of investment for it well uh, I, I suppose if one of our listeners is is uh looking for a next business opportunity to invest in just has a bit of spare cash lying around then it seems like yeah, a perfect just, opportunity throw us some cash guys hit me up hit me up with that cash um we, we, need, we need to get a cash app that's what we need yeah um we will do anything for the money anything um, <laughs> very true yeah anyway so it looks like we're at the end of our podcast now guys so uh i hope you all enjoyed it i, I just remembered that we never really revealed our names i don't know if you want to say your your virtual name uh oh this is true. Do we do we or do we keep the surprise for next week? You know what? Let's keep the surprise. Let's keep the surprise. So as of now, we are just unnamed individuals podcasting, <laughs> trying this stuff out. And uh yeah, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh see you next week, I guess. Bye. See ya.